Hello, this is John. Croydon Cryer here. I join you today not from the closet, but from a three seasons room at my girlfriend's aunt's house. And it actually overlooks uh, the back, back nine. I believe the 18th hole is the closest to me. It overlooks the, some back nine holes uh, on, a, on a nice looking country club here. So I can see some people uh, driving around in the golf cart. I can see them doing all sorts of stuff. So yeah, it's, uh, it's a beautiful day out where I am. So I hope it's nice where you are. So yeah, uh, I'm over here because I figured I could try to use a dishwasher to clean out the Keurig. Because if you listen to my last episode, my Keurig has been acting funny. So. My girlfriend this morning said that it was probably needed to be clean, so I pulled it out to clean it, and I noticed it wasn't all coming clean. So I thought maybe I could bring it to the dishwasher, have a you know a dishwasher machine clean it out, and I uh, I'm here u- utilizing the dishwashing machine uh, because I'm fortunate to be able to do that, and. It's very relaxing here. It's nice. It's quiet. I'm not sure how the audio will sound, though, because I'm in a completely different room here. So, not sure about the dimensions. Hopefully, it all uh, goes for the best. That was a beautiful chip onto the green from whoever is out there. But, yeah, so, I'm happy to be here with you today. I wasn't sure I was going to do a podcast today. I was pretty sure, but I, every time I like, I determine tomorrow's a day I'm going to do an episode. I never actually follow through, and then I just continue down slowly from there. So it's not, you know, I have to tell myself, you know, maybe maybe tomorrow, and I, I'll come up with some ideas or thoughts for you know the segment second segment of my my podcasts so you know last night was nice i got the dresser together the girlfriend came home and she and i uh put the dresser together uh, it's a little wobbly on the bottom but that's completely my fault i uh screwed in a screw a tad crooked and that's how that turned out but you know what it works it gets the job done we didn't get in any fights or argue or kill each other. And it wasn't as bad as TV sitcoms have made me see, uh, think like it was going to be. It actually went fairly, fairly smooth, I would say. And it was fairly painless once, you know. It was just something you needed two people for. So I might try to start the dresser today. Parts of the dresser, because... I uh, I now know how to do, like, the drawers and stuff. You know, uh, we don't need two people to do the drawers and that kind of stuff. So maybe I will uh, do that. Not entirely sure what, what I'm looking into this afternoon. Just trying to figure out my Keurig machine here while I'm thinking about it. And actually, I wasn't even going to do it today, uh, clean out the Keurig machine and the dishwasher. I was going... I was going, I went home, I had to drop uh, her off at work, the girlfriend, and I uh, I went home and started playing some video games, uh, my ra- my rally race game that I'm, you know, 
I'm, I'm good at some tracks with some cars, you know, so I just, whatever, try not to take it too seriously in the morning. But so I, uh, I was doing that and it froze on me. So I, I like thought, turn it off and it was like, uh, what should I do? And I was like, I want some coffee. And, um, I, I didn't want to make a whole French press. I just wanted, you know, so then I got to thinking and, uh, I have the car today. So I thought I could come over here to her aunt's house and, uh, use the dishwasher real quick and see if that doesn't, uh, alleviate my Keurig's problems. Uh, so yeah, I came over here and figured if I'm just going to be sitting around, I should try to, uh, bust out an episode of a podcast and, uh, figure the, the best, the best room to do it when would be this three seasons room. And hopefully it all comes out for the best. So I'm not entirely sure what, what I want to talk about today. So I have a topic on my topics for the future list. I will pick and we will go with, uh, Love of cooking, food, uh, working in restaurants, and I guess that will be, segment two will be uh, me talking about my history and relationship and love of food and culinary services. All right, so back to today's topic, which was my love of cooking and food and that kind of stuff, and maybe talking about my uh, history working in restaurants. So I uh, I never really cooked at home. I mean, my parents did not teach me how to cook. My mother never really cooked. She cooked once. Sorry about the sounds. I'm moving around. She cooked once. And it was something called Fisherman's Stew, and it was disgusting and horrible, and we still talk about it to this day. So, my dad did any of the cooking that had to be done. So, I could, at, at like 10, 11 years old, before I started uh, working in this kitchen at the Red Cross, I, I, I could boil water and maybe scramble an egg and cook that. But so, when I was... Uh, 11, I think, my dad took over and, and was the director of Meals on Wheels. That was his new job after he uh, got laid off from the bank. So uh, he stuck me in the kitchen one summer. I was 12 years old because, you know, I was a bit of a brat as a kid. And my sister was in gymnastics, gymnastics camp in uh, Pennsylvania. So he needed someone to watch me and didn't want to pay. So, um, I went and volunteered at the Red Cross and in the kitchen. And, um, that's how I started working in kitchens. I, uh, I did that for a, a few summers after that. So I was like 12 and I kept doing that till I was about 16, 15, 15 or 16, maybe 15. Yeah. So for what, four, four years or so, three years. Three, four years, I was, uh, every summer I was at the kitchen. 
uh, Monday, Monday through Friday. And uh, I would work and make food, and I learned how to use the machines, and I, uh, you know, learned how to, learned how to interact with people. And I was always more of a person who, a child who could interact with adults more than someone their own age. So I was surrounded by adults, so it was fun. I, now I know, I, you know, I was kind of naive, but I could keep up with conversation and stuff. So um, first day I worked there, I walk in and I had to, I remember this forever, uh, I had to shop back the floor of the dishwashing room uh, because it was, there was about three inches of standing beet juice from the night before because someone didn't, someone fucked up. So I, I just, I won't eat beets to this day because of that experience of having the shop back and haul the shop back outside and dump it out and come back inside and uh, you know, multiple times and just smelling nasty beet juice and oh, seeing it. It was just, so I never, I've never eaten beets since. But so I, you know, I learned how to operate the dish room uh, first. And it was this big room with uh, an L-shape uh, dishwashing station. With a you know sprayer and a dishwasher, and it was I remember it was dark, and it was uh, it was just I don't know the tiles were like a like a dark color, so it was kind of I don't know the lighting was weird, it just looks you know it was depressing looking, and it was always always so fucking hot because because all the water and the steam and stuff like that so. You know, I remember I liked it. I didn't like it at the time, you know, but later in life when I worked in restaurants, I learned to like the dishwashing station. So I was glad I had that experience. So when I got my first job dishwashing, you know, I already knew what to do because I was taught uh, at the Red Cross, you know, that I learned when I was 12 years old. So then I, you know, I did that for... I would come in and help from the night dishes because the dishwasher only worked a half a day in the morning because nothing really happened in the afternoon. So in the er, the first arrival, they needed to clear out the dishes from the afternoon uh, shift the day before. So I would I would usually help out with that real quick, and then I would switch to the cold side. So there was two sides of the kitchen, and there were two separate kitchens, and it was a, there was a cold side and a hot side, and then down a little small hallway from the hot side was the bakery, and uh, I never worked in the bakery. The bakery was a guy, older gentleman, uh, he's called him Sarge, I think he was uh, a Marine, or, uh, yeah, he was, I believe he was a former Marine. Uh, and uh, he helped, he was. He came in back and was a baker after he came back from, I think it was Vietnam or something. So um, he had special education kids uh, from one of the local programs come in and he taught them uh, how to work in a bakery shop. So that was, bake. I never learned how to bake. Um, but so 
I, every morning that's I do the hot side in the morning, or I mean the cold side in the morning, and then I would switch over to the hot side in the afternoon, or I mean in the you know early afternoon when the meals had to go out, and into the af- early afternoon for uh, prep for the day before. You know, every now and then if something needed to be done, I'd, I'd hop off because the cold side had more people to deal to to you know move around and, and assign tasks to than um than the hot side did so the fact that I could do both um worked out in my favor cuz a lot of the like scrub work I didn't have to do so you know there was a, there was bagging bread we I did a lot of that so I, there was a, a roll and a little plastic like sandwich bags uh but I'd have to steam them closed. So it was like, it looked like one of those big things in, in, in elementary school where they cut the, like, the, the paper, but it was a hot press and it pressed the bags down. So, you know, you get the loaf of bread out and just you'd throw the ends out and every slice you'd individually bag and press and uh, fill the bag uh, box up. There'd be a box and you'd fill it up. for, And uh, that was the bread that would go out eventually with, uh, with lunches. And so, you know, you had to, uh, figure out the milk crate count and make sure there was going to be enough milk for the cold line run. And cause on the cold side, you had two runs. You had the cold food run, uh, that you, you did on the line. And then you had the hot food, um, one that you did on the line. And, the cold run would be earlier in the morning and the hot one would be around lunchtime because they'd get packaged and go out immediately. So, uh, you know, I'd count the milk crates and make sure we had enough milk stocked up. And I, I got to drink like all this milk. I was drinking milk left and right. It was <laughs> kind of funny now because I don't even really drink the stuff at this point. But yeah, when I was a kid, I, I drank milk like it was my job. And so, uh, I also would rearrange the fri- fridge and the freezer and move things from the fridge to the freezer and the freezer to the fridge if I had to. And I'd rotate stock and take in, helped, I helped uh, the outside guy, Patrick. I'd help him take in deliveries. And um, so, you know, I was like 12 years old and I'm, and I'm checking in, you know, $1,300 big 52 inch foot truck pulling in deliveries and it, I loved it. I had the, you know, those were some of my funnest summers. You know, I hadn't, I wasn't able to play little league. Um, you know, I didn't really do anything during the summer. So this was fun. It was exciting. It was cool. It got me out of, out of the fucking house. It, it um, you know, and I interacted with so many different people and, and they were, it was interesting because I was interacting with people from a different, uh, you know, demographic of life than I was used to. And, uh, it was, it was very interesting and, and just to see what happened with some of the people I used to work with is also interesting because I, I ran into some of them as adults and, um, you know, it was just, it was interesting to see what happened. So, 
let's see. So I'll just go through, I guess, a normal day. I'm not sure how long I've been in here. Ten minutes. So I'll just go through a normal day of uh of uh of sorry, sorry to watch. So so I'll go through a normal day of at the, at the Red Cross. So I I come in. I I help with the dishes. I would uh go to the cold side if they needed help doing uh bread or trays. I would help with that. And tray what trays were is on the cold line run, the base of the cold line is the start was a styrofoam tray. So what you had to do is there would be a printout of stickers with every single meal recipient on on it. And you'd have you'd take it the sticker off and put it most of the way onto the cart on the styrofoam and then stack them in the runs. So, you know, uh, if it was going to this neighborhood, it was one stack A. You know, this neighborhood stack was stack B. And uh, there were different styrofoam sizes for different people who got different stuff. So it was, you know, had to be done by hand. And, uh, well, you know, low level would do that. Uh, Sophia, who was the like the manager on that side, would uh, usually take the assistant manager, Maria, and sh they, they would be sticking. They would be doing the same thing with the lids for the hot run. Um, so everything would get prepared. So, you know, if that didn't need to be done, I would uh, check the bread racks uh, because there would be bread in, in the fridge. So I would go, you know, I'd have to pull that around. If if I needed more bread on the bread racks for people bagging up bread, uh, I would see if uh, Jello needed to be made and portioned, and uh, if it, you know there was big, huge coolers with stuff because everything you know the cold run needed to be prepped for uh, you know as soon as possible. You were on into the next day's cold run prep, so you know. Uh, what fruit was was going on it? Uh, uh, what 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 else went on? We didn't. They didn't do meats. They did like bread, butter, jelly, jam, and they would have to do sandwiches if if because it was a lunchtime run. So there would also be like tuna fish sandwiches or egg salad sandwiches. So you know the sandwiches had to be prepped and cut and wrapped and stored so you know if it was a sandwich day the next day that had to be done you had to make the uh say it was like tuna tuna you had to take the tuna out of the can you had to mix it with the with the mayonnaise and the spices well you didn't really spice shit because it was old people but just a little bit and then um you know portion it out and and put it on the bread and smush it, you know, and to make the sandwich. And then you have to wrap that up and put it in a, in a bin or, you know, a box. And then you have to move it to a cooler and have to lay, you have to label the box. And so everyone knows what it is and what day to use it. And, you know, cause sometimes you're able to get two days ahead on certain things. And so if it has if they're like fruit cocktails, you could get, get a couple of days ahead. So with fruit cocktails, you'd have to get a big old uh, full pan, you know, cookie sheet, big full cookie sheet, 
and uh, lot you have to get the the container, uh, the bag of uh, you know uh, containers for the fruit cocktail and the lids, and then you have to distribute the containers out, fill the containers with the portion of fruit cocktail, put a lid on them, and then do that uh, repeatedly until it was done. You know, so there's stuff like that to do. So there was always something to prep. And uh, so that would be my morning up until, or, you know, I go, uh, up until I go to the hot side. Otherwise, uh, you know, sometimes I would go outside, I'd help with the deliveries. I would uh, help move things around in the cooler. The cooler was outside at that time. Um, so there was a dude that worked the outside who would help move stuff with the cooler and help taking deliveries, but, you know, he was lazy, and so he wasn't, you know, not a, a bad, I'm not I'm speaking mean of him, he was a, a, a nice guy, he was just kind of, I don't know, kind of simple-minded, and, and he, didn't, he didn't move quick, so they would help me, they would send me to help him, and with certain tasks, so, because he got overwhelmed, and, you know, I could, so eventually it just ended up like I was checking in, the, the deliveries and I would help move, you know, I would just move and he moved the milk crates around and, you know, he would just put around in the fridge and, you know, sweep up outside. And if they needed him to you know, help clean something or anything like that, he would, uh, he would do that. Uh, so that was the cold side. Maria was the, was the assistant manager of the cold side. And she was, uh, uh, big old Latin lady, and then uh, there was Sophia, who was an older Ukrainian lady, and, and she was, she still is, just, I don't know, she was just mean, so, I don't know, whatever what happened with that, her, but, you know, she was just very, very mean, might have been just her, I don't know, maybe that's normal to Eastern European women, not entirely sure, haven't had very much interaction with them, but I'm not sure. She was just a meanie. She might have just been a meanie. So then, uh, there, so that was one side. So there was the cold side area and the dish room were back to back. And then the hot side was across a little hallway. So on the other side was the cold side or the hot side had their own cooler for certain foods and stuff like that. So it wouldn't go missing or something used by somebody for something else. It wasn't supposed to on accident, by mistake, any of those kind of excuses. So there's actually two cold side coolers, and there was big old cooking equipment. So there was a big, uh, I don't even know how to describe it, but it was a big vat looking thing. And everything's like, you know, stainless steel. So, you know, everything with the countertops, the, 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 under the countertops, the, the movable tray, you know, everything, everything is stainless steel. And, uh, you know, there was a convection oven in the back. And so there was two double deckers and then a big medium sized one. And, um, so there was all, that was all on one side backed up to a couple big mixing vats that heated up. If you had to do pasta, you use those because there was a nozzle directly into them and you could fill it with water. So you did a lot of pastas in there and, and oh, and it, the, the water drained out. 
So um, you did a lot of pastas like that. And, you know, if you had to do chicken, you do chicken like that, you know, all sorts of stuff. So um, that's where I learned what, like, the word puree meant because we had some people who could not eat whole foods. So I, uh, on the hot side, that's where they puree it up. Uh, I'm not sure I touched on the hotline, so I'll do that after I touch on the hot side. Um, so, uh, anyway, so yeah, you know, you did, uh, you could do cakes for a dessert in the convection oven because dessert was on part of that side's responsibility. And so oh, I first started going over that side because I would run, run the food for the hotline. So that's, Cause I, so on the back side there was a wall. It felt like a wall. But so there was two uh, convection ovens stacked on top of each other to start with this little this little alleyway kind of in the kitchen. And uh, next to that was uh, a bigger one, and then there was like two more stacks and uh, some regular ovens and stuff, or hot hot doors and stuff like that. So. Well, how food would work is on the on the hot side they would prepare it and make it, and then they'd stick it in uh, serving pans, so it could get transported and installed on the line without having to switch the containers. So, in the in these ovens would be all the food. So it would be like the main course on the entree. All that stuff. Uh, you know, it, I w- I w- if the vegetables were hot, I had to do those. Anything that was hot in the hot meal, I would do. So usually I was running two, two things at a time at least, um, up to three uh, items, that is. So I, around on the hot side line was um, the, uh, the cold side, hot, hot side line. Hot side line. So um, on that was a you know a hot pan thing where you could stick the trays in with hot water underneath, and then to the left of that was a cabinet so I could stock up one extra of everything I needed, possibly two extra if I had the room, uh, or if it was something big and was going quick, I could have extra of that, and so. I would switch containers out first. Well, first I would make sure the water was on earlier in the day. Uh, you know, the manager, Sophia, would get the temperature and, um, you know, make sure everything was working. I'd make sure the oven was working, the holder oven. So I would, I would grab the first ones and remove the covers and put the pan in the, in the, in the line and cover it back up. And then I'd stock it. I'd stock the the hot side or the hot fridge on the on the line with the next to go ones. And then they'd start um, the hot line, and uh, I'd keep it stocked. So I'd be you know running back and forth, screaming hot around corners to go get it. So I'd have to walk down the hall. So I'd have to walk off the line was the the entryway to the hallway between the two sides. 
I'd have to take a right to go down the hallway, maybe like 10 feet, take a left into the hot side. And there was an immediately to that, my left, when I walked in, there was an alleyway and I walked down and the alleyway in front of me would be the one with the ovens on it. So I'd open the ovens and get a blast full of steam and um, pull out whatever I needed because I had to figure out which one it was. And um, take that, take it around the corners, put it in the fridge, the hot fridge, and, you know, take I take the old pan and the dishwasher on the way. And, um, yeah. So that was my first experience with the kitchen and cooking was in that kind of environment. And uh, I, I met some interesting people. And... Uh, so I I like that. So my first job I ever got was actually as a server. And I just kind of stumbled into that one because I uh I happened to be friends with uh, a server that worked in the uh retirement community they built uh behind the street I lived on. And so she got me the job there and that was fun and interesting, but then I went to Valvoline, and then I went to Goodyear, and then I realized I up working at jobs, and then I realized I don't really want to work on cars as a profession. So I, uh, I went back. I applied for like a restaurant job, and I got it. I can't remember where, but it was dishwashing, and um, it might have been the shop house actually. Oh, well, I started dishwashing. And, uh, yeah, I liked it. Uh, it was nice. Uh, and, you know, I hate, it was just funny because I hate washing dishes at home. But, you know, uh, maybe if I had a, a dishwashing area, like, you know, in a, in a kitchen, I wouldn't mind it. Because, you know, I, I love to be in the, in the environment. And, you know, it's hot and noisy and busy and... You're lugging things around, and it was just, it's fun. You're hunched over a sink sometimes. It's water spraying everywhere, steam, and, you know, just... I don't think what people understand is in working back in the house in a restaurant is the amount of heat you, you deal with. Whether you're standing on, on a line or you're working in the dish pit, um, you know, you de- you deal with a lot of a lot of heat, and you sweat, and you 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 thirsty a lot, and it's it's just fu- it's fucking hot, and people don't realize that, I, and I think that's what I learned over the years was one of the biggest biggest things people didn't realize about being uh, a restaurant cook, not an at home cook, and it's nice cooking at home now, having been a restaurant cook. And now I, you know, I kind of understand how it would be difficult going from the, you know, home cooking to restaurant cooking. And, I mean, of the two, I mean, they both have their attributes. I love cooking, so I love them both. But I I can see how, you know, because I I would run into that. I ran into that a couple times where someone would get a, a job at a restaurant, and they never worked at a restaurant, but they, they knew how to cook. But they knew how to at home cook, so that doesn't translate into 
it will very well in the restaurant cooking. But you have to be quick. Uh, you you have to be on precisely on time, and um, you have to uh, you have to stand on your feet for very long periods of time. You have to be if you're on a line. Sometimes you're, you're elbow to elbow or shoulder to shoulder with people, and you're jostling and you're bumping, and it's just you know. It's annoying because sometimes people don't know how to do the job right. You know, all sorts of stuff like that. And um, so, you know, it's just it's just a completely different environment. And um, I loved it. I loved it. But you know, but I don't. I don't miss the the people because okay. So in restaurants, you have like a characters right it might be different people but after a few restaurants you notice there's always you know there's always the the the, the head chef there and they either they're either real quiet or and and nerdy and or, or they're screaming and angry and you know drunk or half the time or or you know stuff like that and uh Really, I haven't, or you got like the idiot owner. That's that's like the three owners you can have. Uh, people who don't know what they're doing, or I mean, head chefs, ones that don't know what they're doing. Um, angry, angry drunks, and uh, quiet nerds, and uh, then you have like you know the 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 line cooks. And the you know the fry cook, the grill cook, whatever the, the line cook's doing, and you have the dishwasher, and you know the the dishwasher you know most of the time is drinking. Or, you know it's not really fun to be uh, in the dish pit high on weed because um you know it's you sweat too much, it's too fucking, it's too hot, and uh, so you know. Uh, you know, a lot of people, a lot of drinking going on, a lot of drug use, um, <coughs> a lot, of, a lot of weed smoking, um, you know, a lot of partying after after shift at people's you know apartments and stuff like that, or having a drink at the bar, waiting for you know the, the stiffs who work there to all to leave, and then you know having some shots at the bar. You know, having a, a throwing an impromptu uh, employee party and stuff like that, and uh, you know, I don't know. It's there's lots of things. So the the characters I don't I don't miss the people, you know, the assholey ones, you know, the the ones that are, are dicks to you and think they know everything because they went to like you know. I went to this culinary school, college, and I have a bachelor's degree. And it's like, yeah, but you never actually like worked in the restaurant, though. So you're you're not you don't know what you're doing, and then you know they insist they do. You know, it's people, and then you know it turns to shit. Uh, you know, during the service or something, people like that I don't miss. I don't miss asshole, angry older guy, head chef, owners. That are just angry, and I don't know. Oh, because business, business isn't as good as it used to, and they don't understand that that the town went to shit, man. People aren't aren't. It's not like it used to be, 
and it never will be. And, you know, uh, one restaurant I worked at was an Italian place, and it was downtown for, you know, years, 20, 30 years, you know, during the boom, town, boom, boom time, because downtown Main Street in Rochester is like banks and corporations and stuff like that, and lawyers, so... They were and they were situated near near the 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 college or the school of music, Eastman School of Music, and you know so they were used to traffic like that. And then he moved out to the the suburbs. He moved out to Penfield to to, and it was a completely different different way of it was a different pace. It was a different way. You know, you get a dinner rush. You don't get the lunch lunch rush and and the dinner rush and like that you don't get you know people aren't you get you get a lunch lunch hits but it's not like you know booming and then dinner is is decent but you got to remember you're living you're, you're in the suburbs now and a lot of people go home go home and eat you know so he didn't really figure out how to adapt that well yet and he was he was trying to blame everyone but himself for the reason the restaurant wasn't making money like he wanted it to. And, and you know, there's a lot of times working in restaurants, you'll run into that person. The, the, and they'll always be in, the worst part is they're, they're usually like in charge of some shit. And, and you know, they, 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 they are fucking it up and they don't understand what's wrong. And, and they refuse to look, look at themselves. So they try to they try to lay blame anywhere but themselves, and you know that's that's someone else I don't I don't really miss working for. Uh, I don't miss you know bitchy waitresses uh, always asking where the fuck the food's at, uh, you know shit like that. You get your food when when it comes up, and um, so I don't I don't miss that. I don't miss asshole managers like if I was if I worked corporate. Asshole managers that went to college and they have this job because they went to a college and they have a fucking degree. doesn't matter. They were like, you know, uh, Mr. Frat Boy USA and, uh, you know, drank their way through college and, and get drunk every every weekend and all, every time they're not at, at work, you know. But they somehow they got the job because, you know, they know somebody who knows somebody, you know, who knows somebody. It's what, that's what I hate. That's the one thing I hate about a corporate restaurant job is, is your manager. Uh, there's a pro good probability your manager is not going to know what the, what, what they're doing. Nothing about, about, about a restaurant. Uh, you know, they, they went from high school to college and they studied, you know, hotel management or some shit like that. Or or something like that along those lines, you know, hospitality, some degree like that, and um, that's why that they have the manager job, and they, you know, and they don't know what they're doing. They refuse, you know, a lot of times they they don't want to act, they don't want to accept they don't know what they're doing most of the time because they're all like, nah, I went, this is what I went to college for, and you know, in class learning and practical. Uh, application or, or you know there's a wide berth between the two and for some reason in this in that field you know in, in the hospitality in the restaurant field the, the the if you book learn only with no no relevant you know a hands-on shit uh, it doesn't you're not going to be successful when you when you try to merge in going 100 
because you know you, you you don't know what to do in certain situations, and then you take a long time to try and figure it out. Maybe hopefully you'll listen to a suggestion in that situation, but maybe you won't. And if you don't, that just exasperates the problem. And you know I've worked for people like that, and it's just it's very frustrating, and it's not. I don't know. It's just not a fun inv- work environment to be in, and a lot. And that's and that's the case with a lot of kitchens. Is they're not fun, or, or even like remotely decent places to be at. I mean, sometimes you know, so you know, you got you got all sorts of stuff going on. Uh, you know, drugs, people smoking co- cocaine, uh, snorting coke. You know, starting heroin, uh, you know, doing all sorts of shit. I mean, I used to show up fucking wrecked. Uh, and, it, you know, it was just, it was, it's a horrible, I don't even, you know, hor- I don't want to say, I don't know, the the work environment is not I- ideal for, for, it's not conducive to much. Uh, you know, it's hard, wor- hard on your body work, you know, it's. It's a lot of frustration. It's stress. It's uh, you know, it's sweating. It, it's it's physical movement. It's physical non-movement. When your feet are are just they hurt so bad from standing for so long, and you know it's just you know it's a rough, rough, rough job. And I don't think people understand that. And you know, it's not only that, but it's it's like it's like an art form. You know, you got to know what you're doing, and it's funny because it's like it has to be instinctual. It has to be instinctual. Your timing has to be instinctual, because that's all that's all it is in, in a restaurant is is applying your your knowledge of cooking and and recipe making. And, and you know that kind of stuff, but so to to uh, to time, you just gotta have to time management is is basically what it is. It, okay, so you have to have knowledge in in the food. Uh, you have to have knowledge in how to make it. That's those are key. But you also have to uh, have knowledge in how to how to manage your time, and specifically how to manage your time and maintain your composure. In a in a stressful environment, in a in a chaotic environment, because because kitchens are loud, kitchens are hot, and, and there's a lot going on. They're busy. There's people doing things all around you, and there's a lot going on uh, sensory wise. So it's not for everybody, and it's it's very you know, and a lot of people who go to college don't get that experience. And if you don't have that experience, you're not you're not used to that kind of stimuli. Uh it's going to be a rough adjustment cuz I, I mean pans clattering, metal hitting metal, all sorts of stuff, people yelling things back and forth. Because if I'm on the line and I'm trying to talk to, you know, homeboy Joe down the line, I have to yell cuz of the hood vents above us sucking all the air out are screaming above us and making us deaf. So we have to yell at each other, you know, and people don't realize that like there's a constant, constant noise level that's from, from just the hood vents alone. And, you know, you have to overcome that talking to people and, you know, stuff like that. And then it's, it's just a noisy environment on top of the hot. And it's a whole different level of, 
of of stress with time management because you know people you know you know people are sitting out there waiting for for the food you got to make and the waitress is waiting for you to make the food and and you know her tips are dependent on the food and she's de- she's dependent on her tips and you know not only that but I want to make good food I want people to enjoy the food I'm making and you know everything's and you know, you always got to remember things got to be hot and so that's you know I can't let something sit uh but I you know so you have to manage your time but I can let fryer stuff shit or stuff sit uh, I can I can leave it in the basket above the oil and and it'll keep it warm for a little bit. So if I need to do something, I I the fryer is usually where I start off. You know, saute station usually takes a minute, depending on what it is. Uh, gr- grill might take a couple minutes, depending on what it is. And you know, so. Do you need to run is something in the cooler? Because that's the next thing you're going to get is whatever. Oh, I have to grab this from the cooler. So, you know, that's item number two I'm going to take care of. And, you know, so it's a lot of stuff like that. You have to manage shit like that. And you have to just know. You have to know what you're doing. And you don't really, you know. People don't have patience when you're in a managerial position. And you might have the book smarts, but you don't don't have the the line smarts and because that just makes my life as a as a as a underling just that much harder that much more difficult that much more stressful and that that much more just irritating and you know maybe i don't know maybe that's why i didn't really like working in the kitchens at the end of it Cause I got sick. I got sick of all that bullshit that comes with it. You know, the the drama, the yelling and the screaming. The oh, this waitress is you know boyfriend. You know, I don't give a fuck. I'm not here to know what waitress A is doing with waitress B's boyfriend behind her back. You're back because they're friends, and you know, no, I don't need to know all that. I'm not here for that. I don't need that. But you know, I, you get wrapped up in that if if that's the environment you're in. And it's just, you know, I got annoyed and I got sick and I got tired of all that. And that's that's why I stopped working in restaurants because I I couldn't deal with it. And waitresses are, are a lot of times they're young and they, they act a certain way and well, they act their age. And it's just I don't feel like, you know, uh, you, you can be a waitress at like 16. I don't feel like dealing with 16-year-old, you know, and stuck-up, snobby, you know, rude waitresses. I don't feel any waitress at that, you know, but especially the younger ones like that. And it's just, I don't know. And then, you know, asshole bosses and managers just wore the shit out of me because they're everywhere in in that that industry, in the restaurant industry. The, The shitty, shitty, angry managers are everywhere. And... I don't know. It's just, it's so, I wish I had found a restaurant that I could have gelled with better and, and not, not all the ones I did. I really do because I I feel like, 
I feel like I, if, if, if I ever found the right restaurant where I, where I gelled into it. And because I've had it for a little bit before, it would just be, you know, it'd be awesome. And I wouldn't even mind it because when I worked at the Italian restaurant and, you know, after a couple of months and it just, you know, after two months, maybe even a month and I just, I gelled in and, uh, it was, it was priceless. It was, I didn't even mind going to work. I went into work. I worked extra. I helped out. Oh, you need something painted. Oh, you need a tops run. Oh, you need uh, someone to, to do this for you. You know, oh, this, that, the third. Oh, uh, you know, oh, you need your laundry. Oh, all right. Stuff like that. You know, anything. Cause it was like, you know, it was more, it was a family owned joint. It was a, it was a husband and wife that owned it. And they had some kids that worked there. And it was just, it was funny because he wouldn't let his daughter work there because I, I guess he didn't want her working in the restaurant business. But so um, his two sons worked in the in the kitchen. Or, well, one of them worked front of the house and one of them worked back. The pretty one worked up front. The pretty young, smart one worked up front. And, it's like, and uh, the older, dumber, uglier one worked at, worked in the back. And uh, they were nice kids, and you know, uh, the wife was nice, and you know, it's just you know, the husband was 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 an angry older older chef. He wasn't shitty. He knew he knew his shit. I mean, you know, he was line wise. I mean, recipe wise, not so much, but he knew his shit line wise, and um, you know, and and I gelled in, and it was fun, and it was awesome. And, uh, you know, shit like that. But, you know, after that turned sour, you know, that, 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 that right there did turn me off a lot to just basically, I think life in general, cause I, I was living outside at the time I, I was working there. I just got this apartment on my own cause I stopped living with this other guy, Cle the Clemmy guy. So, this is, you know, I'm working at the Italian restaurant, living with Clemmy, paying him a little bit of money. And, um, yeah, I got shit canned because he, he owed me money and I wouldn't come in, I didn't want to come in early one day. And, I don't know, it was a fucked up. And I, I had to walk home because I got in a ride with uh, the, the, the chef because him and I are, we're still friendly, but we were friends. And, um, you know, I had to walk, I don't even know, I took like three hours. And, uh, you know, because I, I had to wait, I, he used to give me money every day to get by. And uh, a little bit of cash. And he knew that, so he knew. And, you know, he owed me some of that cash. And I hadn't pressed the issue, but I wasn't going to come in early. Do you any favors when you want to be owing me money and stuff? And then, you know, it was just... That that you know, so then I lost the apartment because you know, I don't I I I've, I'm just making enough money through the month to get to the next month at to month two. My my dad said he'd give me the security deposit in the first month, and after that it was me. And I should I should you know I could have afforded it if I had kept that job, and um, yeah. So you know I go I went from living on the street to uh living with a friend 
because I could pay a little bit of money. So maybe that's why he let me start staying there because I could pay him money. I don't really know, but I needed a place to stay. So, you know, that job let me get off the street and into my own apartment eventually. And I lived with him for like three, four months. Cause I had this job for for a little bit, to me at least. And to me, that you know, it wasn't even a year. But uh, <laughs> I've never had a job for a year. So, um, you know, uh, it let me get into my own apartment. But then, because, you know, shit went sour, I, I had to leave the apartment. You know, I had to go back to living on the street. And, you know, I, didn't, I had to go back to figuring out ways to get by and shit like that and survive. And, you know, it's just... I, I and I didn't have the energy or the, or the desire or the want or 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 even the need at that point to go look for another job after that because I just I, I I didn't care you know I I just come back I I had just come off the streets not even that you know that long ago so I just went back to to this living on the street and doing the street life thing. So, that was my last restaurant experience. And it's just, you know, I don't know. It's sad. I really wish that that job had worked out. Maybe things would have turned out differently, but who knows? Uh, But I got to remember things turn out the way they do for a reason. But I don't know. That's my story on, like, working in restaurants. So, ran kind of long, so... I'll stop there for the day. So thank you people for joining me on my podcast uh, in foreign lands, a.k.a. my girlfriend's aunt's three seasons room. Uh, it's it's It was a nice difference. And um, maybe I'll do a podcast tomorrow. Maybe I won't. Who knows? But... I have plenty of topics thought out, and when I get in the mood to talk, you'll uh, be hearing from me. So everyone out there, to my one listener I know who's listening, have a good day. Uh, Remember, everyone, you are loved, you are needed in this world, and don't let the uh, bastards get you down, as Sinead O'Connor said. So have a good day, folks.